All right, Cameron Lazy's episode number 21. We lost to Louisville. Trey Jones couldn't guard a freshman. Vernon Carey Jr. is soft. The refs screwed us. We couldn't hit from three. Louisville was dirty. Um, what did I miss, Aaron, uh, as we oh, sit no, here? No, well, that's good. Yeah. You got it. All right. Well, this has been the Cameron Lazy's. Uh, Thank you so much for joining us. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes. Uh, yeah, okay. Hey, this was... Um, I don't think there's much redemption here. I feel like we could say, like, oh, yeah, Clemson, we lost on the road. It happens a lot. We feel bad about it. This one I just wanted to win. It was a battle of wills. It was right there for the taking. Uh, we just couldn't quite seize the momentum over and over and over again. I hate those games where you can't ever get a lead. You're tied, you're tied, you're tied. Felt like the brakes went against us. I don't know. I just feel frustrated, Aaron. Yeah, very frustrating. Uh, this was this was definitely a, a um, disappointing result. I can't say it was a surprising result uh, for me. Um, but yeah, exactly. We we got back into this game, and I think we'll we'll talk about this a, a little bit later. That uh, you know, going down fifteen uh, in the. Uh, in the first uh, several minutes of the game is probably not a good... Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, makes it hard, doesn't it? It does, because, you know, you do have to fight back. Uh, I feel like we expended a lot of energy that way. Uh, and when we got into crunch time uh, and had an opportunity to, to really win the game, uh, uh, we were not able to do it. Uh, so, Shane, I want to mention that we are without Ariana tonight. Yes, yes, yes. Very sad. Uh, she was at the game, uh, but uh, is being... Uh, uh, detained by other responsibilities. Uh, so we have this really rare uh, situation where it's just two men, mm. uh, two white men, actually, yeah. uh, talking. Uh, I actually uh, didn't want my race known. Oh, sorry. But I guess it's but out there. I, I just think that this is really unique in the world of podcasting. Uh, <laughs> it is. This is... <laughs> And that this is a real novelty for the listeners. So has so, this combo ever been done? In I don't. A pod? <laughs> I don't think we've ever had this combination. Um, uh, not not uh, both you and myself, but but also just never two men talking about a topic of little interest to anyone else uh, for far too long. <laughs> At least um, in this case, our audience has to opt in. Right. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like recently, especially, I've been subject to conversations that I wanted no part of but could not escape. You have to click, at least, to, to have to listen to this one. Um, all right, Aaron, I just want to, yeah, let's start with agreement because I completely agree with you. There's a lot to talk about in terms of what went wrong and why we lost. But I think ultimately you're right. You can't start games that way against good teams, even if you're at home, even if you're... You know, you, we know you're going to make a comeback at some point. We knew that was coming, but you can't start games like that and expect to win. Uh, it was pretty similar with Clemson, actually. We had a really, really slow start. We looked the defense looked awful in both games in the first half. Um, I think Louisville. We cleaned it up though. We we did. oh for sure we played so much better the second half. Uh, I think Louisville though after ten minutes was on pace to score close to a hundred points. Um, David well, Johnson, we David, were we were on pace to turn the ball over forty times. Yeah, too. yeah, 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 yeah. It was it was just real sloppy. I mean, there's just no excuse for that. Uh, David Johnson's a really good basketball player. Louisville had a smart offensive game plan. They spread us out big time, just like Clemson did. Um, but yeah, like if we had just kept it together and that lead had like, oh yeah, hey, we went down seven. 
instead of 15. Sure. The, the, you're right. You're right. The climb is too much. Or, it, it takes or seven at the half instead of 10 or, or five at the half instead of 10. That three-pointer at the end of the Absolutely. first half. I hate that. Yep. I, we've talked about it before. I fucking hate it. And it was a big man um, who I, I didn't know what was it for his fourth three-pointer of the year. So was that Malik or was that Enoch? Right I think it was end? Malik. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it was like a freak thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I think it was, what's his name? Hurt uh, uh, on the other end who who canned the three. And then they came right back down uh, and hit it. Yeah. It really, really was kind of um, uh, just like last last game's play with uh, uh, Goldwire missing the layup at the at the buzzer for the first half this was kind of emblematic of the game we would play well mm-hmm. we would get yep. ourselves back into it and they would answer immediately oh yeah oh yeah uh and i feel like there was one um there was one three in the second half by their little white kid who just came off the bench yep. and it was so emblematic because i mean uh, he's a good shooter but like they're just like well he is we haven't seen him much but he just nails a dagger like right in our face yeah mcmahon it was at uh, uh i think Ooh, I don't remember if it was we were tied or or uh, down at some point, but it was it was on an, on an out of bounds uh, underneath. Yeah, it's it's four four minutes fifty five seconds okay. left. We were down one. One, okay. And he hits it, makes it a four point thing, and then uh, David Johnson, the next possession, gets the dunk, driving by Trey. Well, yeah, my notes are you know we got it to fifty eight fifty eight with eight forty to go. Um, here we go, and then Louisville immediately back up five sixty three sixty three. Louisville immediately answers with the three. Um, like, yeah. at pivotal moments, especially late in the game, when it looked like maybe, maybe we were going to turn the momentum, uh, which is something we couldn't do all game. And we had plenty of opportunities, by the way. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. We, um, uh, I, I know you mentioned this before we, we started recording. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about our three-point shooting uh, tonight, but it was... Uh, uh, <laughs> Abysmal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was not good. Um, there was one player who shot respectably, and that was Matt Hurt. Now, when I did the preview episode with Mike Rutherford, he said this was going to happen. He said that Louisville is going to pack it down. He's gonna, they're going to make us like shoot the ball because this is exactly what they tried to do against Kentucky and failed to do. Uh, and he said his pessimistic take was Matt Hurt's going to score 20 points and we're going to lose. Well, actually, Matt Hurt came very close to 20 points. Right. Uh, but Cassius Stanley shot one for seven. Trey Jones shot one for four. Joey Baker absolutely killed us by going one for four. But I want to point out, I think all four were just about wide open. Yep. Uh, and they were at pivotal moments in these comebacks. Well, where the, the one was at one second left in the game. Well, yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The one he made. The one he made. The 0 for 3 were all of them would have brought the house down. Yep. All of them were clean, clean looks. Uh, Jack White went 0 for 3, and uh, Alex O'Connell apparently missed one early in the game. But yeah, 6 for 25 total, 24%. I don't know if it's our worst of the season, but it's up there. And uh, yeah, came against the wrong time. They, they played a devil's bargain, uh, no pun intended, and said, beat us from the three-point line, and we couldn't do it. Yep. Um. And that's another thing. I feel like we could say this over and over. That's why we lost. <laughs> it was well, the sloppy play. It was the three-point shooting. I mean, at least it wasn't entirely the foul shooting. But even then, there were a couple of times. I, I think uh, uh, I've got down here that, that Trey missed uh, uh, two uh, at, a, at a pivotal moment. Uh, I think when we, we missed two down, uh, down the stretch. Um, ah, I'm trying to find my notes on, on when that was. I, I think it was, uh, it was Carrie, though. Oh, yeah, yeah. Vernon missed two enormous foul shots. 
Um, this is probably this comparison or analogy will not make sense, but there's an old phrase about um, the Velvet Underground that they didn't sell many albums, but everyone who bought one of their albums formed a band. I feel like Duke didn't miss that many free throws tonight. We were 21 for 29, but each one we missed right. cost us the game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're like, we're absolutely pivotal. Trey missed a big one. Goldwire yeah. missed the front end of a one and one that was yep. just so poorly timed. Um, and the, the Vernon carried to, I think, where we were down. Yeah, we were down five. S- no, we were down six, I think. And it was, it yeah. was, uh, uh, yeah, right, uh, right at, at the wrong time. Um, but still, we were only down 71-70. Uh, we had a couple of great defensive possessions. Uh, uh, Goldwire got a steal and a layup, uh, mm-hmm. brought it 71-70. Uh, and then, whoop, gone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fallon, uh, Dwayne Sutton cans two foul shots. Um, the game just goes on from there. We just can't yeah, score. Yeah, we didn't score again until the, the three-pointer three by, by, with and, one second to go. And you know what go. killed me about that is we were playing with a good energy and good momentum, it wasn't like the most spectacular half we've seen from Duke, but to come back from 10 is like really hard against a, a ranked team. But then we got down to the nitty gritty and our offense, just like it did against Clemson, looked so timid. Yep. Uh, there was one possession, possession in particular. Yeah, yeah. With one minute to go where we, we danced around, passed the ball around the perimeter. I feel like Baker had an open look. Jack White did. I'm kind of glad he didn't take it. But then it came to Cassius and he just, he and Trey sort of passed it back yep. until all of a sudden there was no time left. And I, you know, I forget how it ended, but it wasn't a productive possession. We didn't score. I think uh, Trey got blocked or missed a shot at the rim. Yeah, you're right. Missed three pointer by Trey. Um, and then on the next, oh no, you're right. Yeah, Trey was in the paint, uh, right. and it wasn't a good shot. It was right. like a fadeaway or whatever. Um, he missed a three next, and then Cassius Stanley shot one of the worst three pointers I've ever seen. Yeah. Um, yeah, we were just we just went ice cold, and maybe it was the fatigue, maybe it was the pressure, probably a combination of both. But God, what an insanely frustrating game! I just keep thinking about how freaking close we were over and over again. Ugh! All right, I don't know, Aaron. Uh, I'm glad you got that out, though. Thank you. I just needed a little bit of an outburst. Yeah. Um, so. I don't know. I, we're always like looking for takeaway. What, what are your even if they're negative? Like what? What do we learn from this game? Uh, well, okay, a couple things we learn. Um, I have to concede that you're right um, about the. Uh, oh, sorry, we just lost audio for a second. Can, uh-huh. you, can you repeat? <laughs> can you repeat? So, um, Coach K clearly does not feel that Alex O'Connell is worth playing. In games like this, uh, can we go back and see his minutes? What two minutes? Maybe? Two minutes. Yeah. Okay. Um, good. Two yeah. minutes. That's that's what it felt like. Uh, I was a little surprised by Delorier not getting more time. He did have some good uh, uh, good defensive yeah. possessions down down at the end, and um, especially with Carey and in foul trouble and really not being very effective from the floor. Period. Uh, we could have used uh, his defense. I thought I thought Jack. Uh, um, Defended admirably, did not really score the ball or, or do much uh, on on defense. I mean, he was de- having to defend a, a taller player um, for for a good bit of it. I think we had him in there at the five uh, a good bit. Uh, anyway, uh, yes, the the depth theory uh, is is definitely being blown apart here. Um, uh, we miss Wendell a good deal. Oh, badly. Badly, badly, badly. And I think Ariana wanted us to, she sent a text with some talking uh-huh. points, and that was one of them. Um, the other one was Vern has Vern hands, which, well, true. Um, but yeah. Yeah, four turnovers in the first couple minutes uh, uh, are going to do that to you. 
Yeah, we, we talked during the game that, uh, yeah, obviously AOC didn't play, and it kind of like a, weird, a weirdly low amount, actually. I kind of expected that this would happen, but this was an exaggerated version of what I thought. And then Joey Baker played 10 minutes, but I, I think if Wendell Moore was in the game, he wouldn't have played much either. I mean, he would have been right on the bench with O'Connell the entire time. Um, yeah, it, it's just a truism, isn't it, that if you're playing a tough physical team and it's hard to score... Louisville runs this pack line defense that's similar to what we see from Virginia. You need guys out there who are physical and big, who A, give you an offensive something, like a, a modicum of a threat, uh, but B, can play tough defense, and that's Wendell Moore. Um, it's just, look, we saw Cassius Stanley shine this game because he's that kind of player. He can thrive under these physical conditions. And we saw Joey Baker wilt. We saw AOC really not even get a chance. Yeah, we need Wendell Moore. I mean, it's very, very simple. He would have he would have changed what this game looked like just by his defensive presence alone. Yep, I agree with that. Uh, and then, yeah, uh, the other thing, Vernon Carey, um, he came back in, in late in the second half and actually had a couple nice yeah. plays. I was of the mindset in the second half that we were actually better off without him. We were better with Jack Wade in there. Um, I don't think that's entirely... I, I think, yes, we had some good stretches with Jack White in there. Uh, I think when Vern is playing like we know he can play, uh, we we were better off um, with him at the very end. Uh, that said, I think he did sit the last two minutes or so. He did, and he sat like a very long stretch that I think you can't just explain by foul trouble alone in the second half. Oh yeah, um, but yeah. I mean, I mean, he came back in. He scored what I think a couple down in the post. Yeah. Uh, but then missed those two free throws, what, about two and a half minutes, something like that. And then I don't think we really saw him after that. And I think you could argue that um, I think you could argue that in the last two minutes he probably should have been in, even just for the way it spaces out our offense. So you could at least have him in the post, look inside to him, uh, and if it's the kind of thing that works out, great. If it doesn't, like, still play perimeter. But when you don't have him in, I think that did explain a little bit of why we were just kind of sitting on the perimeter out of sorts with nothing to do. So, yeah, maybe he should have been in there at the end. I just – I feel, like, negative. I, I hate to, like – it's been three games, though, where, you know, Georgia Tech, Banks totally shut him down. Sims really did a great job on him. And then, again, going back to what Mike Rutherford was saying, he's yeah. like, Malik Williams, I think, might even play more than the other big man in this game. And I, I don't know if that ended up being true. Let me see. Enoch. Yeah, between he and Enoch – um, Williams played 25 minutes and Enoch played 15. So yeah, he was absolutely right. He called it that Williams was going to play more because he's the same brand of big physical long defender. Um, yeah, and, and yeah, Vern didn't look that good. And it's a real shame when you can when you can have a game where you shut down their best player, right? Which we definitely did. Oh, uh, and that was on Cassius. I mean, yeah, he he played great defense on Wara. Yes. Um. Uh. But. We still were not able to uh, to get what we wanted. Um, so yeah, I um, I don't know. Like in some sense, I, I think it's a um, you know they have a great game from from their freshman guard, right? Their guard play has not been uh, has not been terribly good. But yeah, another game where I'm not feeling so great about Vernon Carey's performance. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, he needs, I just wish I saw more like fire from him or I, he's still a super talented. He's not that kind of guy though. No, he's not. And he never will be. I and mean, that's probably something I should resign myself to. Um, 
But yeah, so it's interesting to see Cassius Stanley. I, I thought he was spectacular tonight. Uh, he was terrific on defense. Yep. Ends up with 24 points. He did miss a ton of three-pointers, which yeah. I feel like I didn't notice that as much yeah. during the game as I'm seeing one for seven now. Um, a lot of them were pretty open, too. Um, yeah. Uh, some of them were, were quick shots that, that probably came a little too early in the possession. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Uh, I don't know. He's He's been one of our better three-point shooters, so you got to give him the green light. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't I don't have a problem with him taking him. At some point, you've got to make some. I mean, when the team's playing defense like that on you, you've got to hit those. Uh, I did feel like he was the one guy who was up for the energy Louisville was bringing. Yeah. Um, I think someone on Twitter. And Joey Baker. And Joey Baker was up for it too. Joey Baker. I was, I was thinking Joey Baker might get kicked out for the little elbow shimmy he gave. Well, he got up in the, in the dude's face. Number two. um, Yeah. In that that little confrontation. Uh, Oh yeah. I I think um, I'm starting to believe that. um, I don't know. Did we say this on the podcast where someone said that, uh, uh, the refs talk to Joey Baker in every game because he's he's uh, yelling at them from the bench. <laughs> no, is that? Is I think that? I think Ariana said that. Did she? I don't. Oh, remember. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to say anything. I don't want to anger uh, Ariana. She's my only hope of getting back into into the majority on this podcast. Um, <laughs> but uh, I think yeah, I, I either I was reading it or I heard it that he really he talks on the bench and he has an attitude, uh, <laughs> and that he has to be like warned in every game. I really like that. I really, I know it doesn't seem like the type, does he? Yeah, he does. He seems like he brings fire to the game, but yeah. I can't imagine chirping him chirping sure. from the bench. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I just like the idea that Coach K doesn't do anything about it. Right. That he's allowed to just like <laughs> piss off the refs every game. Um, yeah, yeah. So Baker let us down, but yeah, Cassius was great. I mean, but it goes to show you like what you can do when you have a really good defender. You take Nora completely out of the game. Um, you know, Trey Jones had his worst defensive half, at least, in the first half. But Stanley was there, and that's what Moore could have done. I mean, Moore could have been a guy where it's like, look, uh, Trey's just off tonight for whatever reason yeah. defensively. Like, put Moore on uh, on David Johnson well, for Goldwire a little Goldwire did a pretty good job on him in the second half. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I saw Goldwire on him a little bit. I saw uh, Stanley on him a little bit. And Trey did a better job in the yeah. second half on yeah. him, too. Trey was still on him a little bit. So, yeah. Anyway, uh, I don't know what else to take from this game. Um I don't think we... Cassius re- was excellent. Yeah, Cassius is excellent. I agree. Uh, I, I'll, I'll take his one, one for seven from three. Um, uh, his his phil- his physicality, um, his athleticism, uh, his hustle, right? So he, he puts down a, a big dunk uh, and then runs and gets a chase down. A block uh, they, at the other they, end. Yeah, they yeah. end up scoring on the possession, but still, like, all right. Um, and, and what I was reading earlier today was that he, he felt... Uh, Maybe he came back a little too soon uh, from the injury, uh, but but the last couple, maybe three yep. games, he's uh, he's just been far and away, I think, our best player. And it shows you those energy moments, how much they mean. I think there was one they showed the slow-mo replay, one of the dunks that he got that I think got us within five. It was around that 10-minute mark in the second half. They showed Jack White, and he yeah. was just so fired up. Like those things, and, and Cassius was too. I mean, someone on Twitter called him an alpha dog. I think I just said that, but... Um, yeah, so like that energy brings the whole team up and that's what you need. I mean, you like having Trey Jones as a steady leader is huge. Um, my friend Connor on Twitter said to me today, uh, a really, a, a very disturbing question, actually. Uh, let me read it here. He said, um, 
this team would be so lost if Trey hadn't come back, LOL. And it is funny to think, like, what would happen without Trey Jones. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you need presence like that, but you also need, in this kind of game especially, when Louisville is coming and just, like, basically saying, I don't give a shit if it's your home floor. We're going to come and dominate you. You need somebody to respond in that way to not let it happen. So, yeah, he was definitely a positive, but overall it's, like, it's the same with the Clemson thing. It's, like, I don't know. Maybe it'll, like motivate us in some way but right now it's just like i really would have liked to have won that game sure um you know i have i guess i don't know how long i've had this opinion right that um the regular season doesn't really matter uh, i know it's mattered <laughs> a lot to you um you really want to win the, the regular season acc title uh but the truth is that that the way you get measured in this game is is not by what you do in in the regular season it's what you do in the tournament and the more that we can do to be ready by March and be the best team that we can be in March, um, okay. Yeah. I, I'm not sure that this loss is a silver lining thing where we, we say, oh, yeah, we really learned something and no, we're really yeah. blah, blah, blah. But, like, okay, you have a couple crappy games in January. Um, uh, I, I think the effort level in this one was was much better, obviously, than than the Clemson game. I still think the Clemson game is a much worse loss. Uh, we did have the consecutive losses in the in the fourteen fifteen season. We yep. were kind of figuring things out, right? Won a road loss at State, then won a home loss at at Miami. Bad, bad, uh, both of them. So, yeah, and then what? We went went on to win what every game after that. Pretty much, uh, yeah. We we still lost. We lost to Notre Dame twice, but then went and won. Yeah, the tournament. Obviously, won the. Uh, I, I think we lost the... So we lost to Notre Dame once, lost in the ACC. It looks like those are the quarterfinals, weirdly enough. And then, okay. yeah, went and won a national title. So you're right. I mean, my whole thing with a regular season is I kind of think I pick what to care about based on what kind of team we have. Last year, I really wanted to win the ACC tournament and the national title. We got one of them. That was great. Um and you knew, especially after Zion's injury, it's like, ah, who cares about the regular season at this point? You just want him back. It doesn't matter if we don't have the best record. This team, I felt like we had, and I still think we do have, a really, at times, superior, if not transcendent, defensive team. But clearly, the last two games have shown that that's not a given. Uh, there are times when it's going to lapse. There are times when good teams will make us look like a bad defensive team. And right. that's that's the way it goes. But I felt like this team was like, okay, we're going to have a steady Eddie type team. We can grind through this ACC season and win Duke's first regular season uh, title since uh, outright t- 2006, tied since 2010. Um, that still could happen. Right now we're a game behind Louisville. We're in a game behind Florida State. Um, well, it's very early. It's very early. There's eight games played. We're, we're almost halfway through. Yeah, there's a lot to come. Louisville, as they showed against Pittsburgh, can be vulnerable. Um, Wait, Louis- aren't we four and two now? Um, or five and two? That's only six games played. There's only six in the ACC. I, for some reason, I thought Louisville was seven and one at this point. Um, uh, I think five and one. Let's take a quick look here. ACC... Six and one. Six and one, yeah. So okay. right, all so, right. So, so we've seven. all got we'll seven. Split the games. Difference. No, it's about it's about a third of the way. Um so yeah, there's a ton left and teams are gonna lose bad games on the road. Florida State, I think, today just won in overtime yeah, at barely. Miami. So that's I mean, look, everybody's vulnerable. That's none of this stuff uh is gonna last. Um but yeah, I don't I just don't like losing at home uh with this team. And I will say I think 
I think the way this team shoots and the way this team plays, tournaments may be kind of hard for us. I'm I'm not necessarily going to stand by that when the time comes, but I don't know if it's the kind of team that can win six games in a row against really good competition in the NCAA. And that's what I mean by trying to pick like what to root for. I felt like this was the team where you pick, okay, let's show some consistent greatness, and then maybe if I convince myself to care about the ACC regular season, everything after that will be gravy. But I think I'm like especially because I started watching soccer this year, in my head, I'm like, this is what I would like college basketball fandom to be. Sure. But, but in truth, everybody who roots for it and in, everyone who plays it and everybody who coaches it, what they're doing is just what you described, which is trying to peak for March. And right. so, like, Coach K is not going to lose a ton of sleep tonight. I mean, this is all about the long game. Yeah, I, I mean, it is unfortunate, right? I, I am also a fan of of regular seasons um, and no playoff formats. They're... They're far too random. Yeah, I mean, they're completely random. And that that's just not the way we do things here in America, uh, Shane. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry for dishonoring the troops, as you did. I uh, am going to be wearing eight American flag pins <laughs> to our next podcast recording. Uh, but but yeah, I, I mean, it is it is a little ridiculous that the incentives are there for the coaches to prepare the team for six seemingly... Uh, random matchup. I mean, they're not seemingly random. They are random matchups, uh, more or less, in a tournament in March, uh, which is where all of the focus is. Uh, it's like the only time that anyone tunes into college basketball anyway. Yeah. Um, and that's just kind of the, the nature of this game at this point in time. You know, for the uh, for the fan, right, which is, like, is, is us, um, sure, you you want to win every game that that your team plays or you want your team to to win every game that it that it plays um and i'm almost a little disappointed in myself for looking at the silver lining stuff and deferring to march and saying oh yeah okay, yeah, yeah yeah because it, it is a cop-out um but it's also reality i mean you're living by the paradigm that they've created for us but why why uh, I'm not a sheep? No, yeah, I mean you don't have to. Like you, you and I can take pride. I mean, we could hate the tournament. Yeah, <laughs> that's we could just we, we just <laughs> shut down the podcast the minute like, right. the ACC regular season. <laughs> okay, <ends>. it's over. <laughs> that would it would prove we're actually over sixty five year old uh, white men. Um, yeah, don't like the dunk shot. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, look, we can take pride if Duke goes like I don't know. 16 and four in the ACC or 17 and three and wins a regular season title. We can feel proud of that. And that's good. And it's like, that's the only way you can start to adjust like what people think of things. But it's a long road because like you said, America, American sports are functionally playoff related to the point of absurdity, like in a sport like baseball, where you literally play 162 games that don't fucking matter. Yeah. If there's any sport that, that should not have a playoff, (laughs) it's baseball. Um, Just give it to the one that wins the most games. Yeah. Um, I mean, well, that's what they used to do. Yeah. And then they'd have have the world World series. Series. Right. Sure. Um, And you could have like the, they used to do like a best of of nine. (laughs) And like, but winning the pennant was really the thing that you wanted to do. And that's, I think, as close as American sports have come to that European format of like, okay, yeah. And, you know, English Premier League soccer, it's really important to win the league. And the pennant was huge. Yep. Um, 
And I don't. I'd actually be interested to go back and know. I mean, would they have these enormous celebrations when they clinched the pennant? Probably. Oh yeah, no, winning the pennant was the whole thing. So like, if you I, did I it like, like a wor- month early, you'd I feel still... like the World Series was kind of like, um, like a carnival or something. Yeah, you know, yeah. or like a like a college bowl game used to be. Right. Like a treat at the end. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I, I mean, that <sighs> the playoff games, it, it must be about money. Um. Part of it is about money, and I actually somebody raised this point the other day on Twitter that the geography of the U.S. is such that you can't play true round robins. Uh, in other words, especially back in the day before plane travel, or you had to play more teams in your local area, even if mm-hmm. that local area was East Coast or whatever, mm-hmm. so that you couldn't say definitively, okay, well, the person with the most games won is the true champion because it was an imbalanced schedule. Mm-hmm. So that played some part, but financial incentives, I think, plays a much larger part recently. You know, there's no reason we need eight teams in each uh, league in the MLB playoffs playing. You know, there's no reason we need a conference championship game in college football. Like, it's just getting worse and worse, and more and more teams will be involved. I don't think they're eight in MLB now. Uh, six, six on each side. Six yeah, on yeah, each yeah. side. It's well, no, no, it's more than five. Now, it's five. It? Five on each side. Five. Two wild cards and, and three divisions. It'll be eight soon enough. Just give it I'm time. sure it will. And and <laughs> 16 out of the 30 teams in the NBA get in the playoffs. And the playoffs is an entire season that lasts two months. Yeah, and the same in the NFL. It's a similar proportion, right? 16 um, teams get in. Or no, it's yeah, 12. Out of, it's out of 32, though. Yeah. So, is yeah. That right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, at least, at least in basketball, four. the deserving team usually wins. But anyway, neither here nor there. It's just one of those things that I was hoping for this year. And... Uh, yeah, a long time left to play, but losses like these hurt. I mean, I think Billis at one point was like, this game could decide the ACC. And it's like, well, that's a little premature. Uh, I lot- mean, it could. It could. I mean, if they all win the rest but it's of the all- game. But it's also college game day, and you yeah. know, you <laughs> people have been sitting around waiting for this game all day, uh, which I hope you weren't. Um, uh, no, I had an ACC fantasy tennis draft. Oh, right. Yes, of course. <laughs> I took a nap. So, okay, we're at the half-hour mark, Aaron. I can't believe we waited this long. Our sponsor for today is going to be quite upset. Yeah. Um, well, do you want to explain our sponsorship program uh, in case we've yeah. got uh, new listeners? Yeah, yeah. So our sponsorship program, uh, a lot of you hopefully have seen the ACC Network this year, and they have some pretty low-rent commercials. Um, and I think they're just offering cut rate, you know, get on the ACC Network for almost nothing. Well, you know, you can have a three-minute-long commercial. We'll run it. And what happens is they get flooded. They absolutely get flooded with advertisers and people who want to join up. And so we've talked about them a lot. Aaron had a feud with, um, what's his name again? Um, West, West Durham. Durham. Yep. Aaron had a feud with West Durham. So we've been connected to the ACC. Now we're kind of like friends with them. And they reached out to us and said, we have a lot of spillover ads that just didn't quite make the cut for one reason or another. If you guys are interested, uh, you can't have pop and play. But we got a lot of ads for you. So last time we had Wacaroni, which is a seven-foot macaroni noodle. Mm-hmm. Um, you can listen to episode 19 for that. And uh, Aaron, Aaron, credit to Aaron, he hustled and went out and got us another sponsor. Yeah. Um, yeah, after the, the what I would call the Wacaroni debacle of it, the last episode. It wasn't a perfect fit, philosophically, for the Cameron Lazies. Okay. Uh, but yeah, let's say that, um, y- you know... Shane didn't make a great impression on the ACC network execs, uh, the ACC network ad buyers. They said, uh, they said next ad, Shane Ryan can't read it. Yeah, they exactly. Said, yeah. Well, yeah, not only can you not read it, but I had to, you know, uh, use my lawyering skills, uh, get us back at the bargaining table, and I was able to secure us um, uh, another one of these spillover ads. 
Um, I I would like to caution you. Please do not call them low rent ads. Again, I'm sorry. I really apologize. Uh, because that is really hurting our bargaining position. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Are are you ready? So you're yeah, gonna yeah. read, you're so gonna read that, this ad. Yeah, I've got the ad read. Do you um, need help in any way? Yeah. Um. Uh. You'll you'll kind of know when to come in. Uh. On this one. I have literally not seen this. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, well. I mean, that was one of the preconditions. The ACC network execs. Um. They're not really execs. They're the they're the ad buyers, but yeah. I don't want to belittle them because I'm I'm forming relationships here. I know that they don't listen to the podcast, um, uh, except to to monitor when they the have ads people. Yeah, they have an intern who says, on. "What did we yeah. say about the ACC yeah. network?" Uh, but um, yeah, I've got the ad read this time, and uh, and and again, one of the preconditions was keeping it secret from you. Okay, so uh, all right, we want to play our ad music. <laughs> or ad, so, yeah, ready. Uh, uh, it's time for an ad on the Cameron Lazies. If you're like me, you're one of the millions of Americans who require regular, medium to long term, temporary catheterization. Hi, my name is. Read your name, and you may remember me from notable event from the 1960s, daytime television program. <laughs> Or viral video in which you threaten to call the police on a black or brown person for merely going about their daily life. Oh, I, I think I messed that part up. Uh, I was supposed to actually say my name in there. Okay. And what I'm known for. Okay, uh, all right, all right, well, we got to keep going. Well, they, they should be more specific. They're, they're being lazy there, giving yeah. you a film. Well, don't just... Sorry, go ahead. Don't don't anger them. Sorry. All right. Let me start. I'm going to start with the next. Okay, yeah. I know how it feels to see your catheter as just another medical appliance, or even worse, as an embarrassment that prevents you from enjoying your time to the fullest. That's why I'm excited to tell you about a wonderful new product that will change the way you think about catheters forever. Introducing the Foley Foley Catheter, the world's only proven, effective, medium to long-term temporary catheter that keeps your connections tight and your mood loose. <laughs> Using patent-pending technology, the Foley Foley does everything you'd expect from a regular medium-to-long-term temporary catheter, <laughs> while also making hilarious and realistic sound effects <laughs> that, you, that you've come to know and love from movies and TV. <laughs> By combining tried-and-tested reliability of the Foley catheter with the zany work of Foley artists, the Foley Foley will soon become your new two-in-one medical and entertainment device. <laughs> the Foley Foley can confuse youngsters by playing an old-timey telephone ring. Ring, ring, ring. Or thwart burglars by projecting two sets of footsteps while you walk around alone in your home. <laughs> this is two people. <laughs> Additional modules can be added to make gunshot noises or to make it sound like you have a ferocious guard dog. And the truly wonderful thing is that there is no need for cumbersome speakers or other equipment. The Foley Foley uses your bladder's natural capacity to amplify sound to its advantage. You can try the Foley Foley 100% risk-free. Our listeners can also get 20% off their first order with the free gunshot and vicious dog noises <laughs> included. Foley Foley is not associated with the estates of Frederick or Jack Foley. 
Well, uh, very good stuff. Yeah, that's... Um, I think that'll work for our audience. I feel like they worked backward on that product from a pun. Like they said, we have a Foley catheter and there's a, such a thing called a Foley artist that does sound effects. And somebody said, why don't we combine the two Yeah. without really thinking if this was like a, a product that anybody would want or need. Um, and then that's an interesting, <laughs> uh, just went to it's an interesting criticism. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, um, yeah, well, we're so proud to, what's it called again? It's the Foley Foley catheter. The Foley Foley catheter. We're very proud to endorse you. Um, yeah, the wackaroni thing was bad. The, the Foley Foley catheter, they might stay with us for a while. Um, our average audience is 87 years old. Yes. We've run the demographics. <laughs> and very worried about people outside their door. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Well, okay. Um, Aaron, we're at 36 minutes. Uh, I It's Saturday night at like 9.30. I just don't think anybody's going to give us Twitter questions unless... Uh, unless well, we, somebody... got a bunch of, we got a bunch of like sarcastic comments or something. Um, all right. Well, here's one from Kyle Huasco, uh, who really doesn't even deserve to be um, put on the air. But he says, I am admittedly wearing a toque inside for reasons, but isn't the home crowd supposed to be loud? Shane Ryan here. Well, let me tell you something, Kyle, you piece of shit. Uh, Ariana was at the game and said to us in a text message that Cameron was indeed very loud. In so- fact, she said that her ears would be ringing. Yeah, and that was before your sarcastic tweet, okay? So uh, that's what happens when you tweet at the Cameron Lazies. You get verbally abused. So someone said Kenny Payne would have won that game by 15. I don't know what that is. Yeah, is it P-A-Y-N-E? Yeah. Um, And they don't mean Kenny Mayne, the sports center personality? Okay, so Kenny... This is a retired American professional basketball player, assistant coach... He played at Louisville. Is this some kind of Kentucky thing that we're uh, not? Listen, here's what it is. Uh, he was part of the University of Louisville 1986 NCAA championship squad, and you know who that they, team beat? They beat Duke. Yeah. They beat Duke. Um, so that's okay. uh, real right. funny. So, like, listen, we don't know what's going on in Kentucky. No. Why would we? Why would we? No, there's absolutely no We're here in the beautiful that. state of North Carolina. It's much better. Yeah, yeah, they beat Duke seventy-two to sixty-nine in the championship game. So good job with that. That was the Johnny Dawkins team from Duke, and the famous Johnny Dawkins. Team. The famous Johnny Dawkins, not the no, no, the one. famous Johnny Dawkins team. You know, the one that saved uh, saved Duke or whatever. Yeah, that was the first time we the f- had been the first time Duke ever existed. Had been elite. We never were college before then. Yep. Um. So yeah. Uh. Okay. All right. Well, so we've got so, a little bit more on. Uh. uh the supposed uh, physical nature of this game. I mean, not supposed. It, it was uh, quite a physical game. I do feel like we, we got fouled. So at Steve Melnick said, uh, I'd like to check the Duke forearms for Louisville fingernail DNA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't complain about that yet, did I? Yeah, you didn't complain about the officiating. Oh, my goodness. And okay. Louisville's dirty play. So, so just go off, Shane. Of all the other stuff, this is a minor. So the refs were terrible all fucking game. We know that. They're always going to be college refs are literally guessing. But there was a moment after we tied the game uh, the first time. Let's see. It was 58 to 58 after Matt Hurt brilliantly drew a, an NBA-style foul, felt the contact, and hurled the ball to the rim, made all three, three foul shots. So uh, next possession that we had, Cassius Stanley does a great spin move into the lane, gets absolutely hammered, 
And no call. Absolutely no call. The next one, they're not showing it, but Vernon Carey, I believe, had the ball. Uh, and maybe he didn't get a shot up, but he got completely hacked. They didn't call anything. To be fair to Vernon Carey, he was hacked all game with absolutely no retribution. And then Trey, and then Jack White uh, on another possession just got bumped, uh, dribbling the ball like extremely hard. It would have been a foul under any judgment, any measurement. No call. This is like a period of like a minute and a half. All of a sudden, Louisville took a 63-58 to 58 lead. Our momentum was killed. We did claw back to tie again, but then they went away by hitting every single three-pointer they took. However, we had all the momentum at that point. I feel like those no calls were really big. If they had called that foul on Stanley, we would have taken the lead. Everything looks completely different. They're running scared. They probably have to call another timeout. Yeah, the refs, we lost for a lot of different reasons, but that little stretch, if the refs had been competent, we might have won that game. We literally might have won that game. I don't like ref whining, but what I'm saying is true. Yeah, I definitely like ref whining uh, and <laughs> alternate uh, history. Um, <laughs> those are two of my favorite genres of basketball criticism. Uh, I do have some uh, some Coach K post-game quotes. It was the most physical game we've played in years. Apparently, he was also complaining. That's a, um, that's a way to complain. Yeah. Uh, about uh, uh, freedom of movement and things like that. Uh, but uh, Louisville played really hard in the last 30 minutes. I thought we played our hearts out. Our kids fought like crazy and learned a lot, and I hope got better. Uh, so, you, you know, it's uh, it, it ain't the motivational strength of, of Roy Williams. Uh, but uh, Calling his kids a bunch. What, what would the equivalent <laughs> be? Like this game, like Coach K calling them a bunch of cowards with yeah, no heart. <laughs> <laughs> Who can never win a tournament game? Yeah, I think that would be the equivalent. Um, okay, I mean, so... Uh, you know, he seems uh, uh, he seems to be of your opinion uh, as well that uh, uh, that this was not terribly well officiated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, that said, we got to the line what twenty seven or twenty nine times. Yeah, and uh, we we attacked the rim. I mean, we got to the line. So I mean, they were calling a lot of fouls on Louisville. Um, yeah. Oh, th- yeah. And I don't think like if you looked at the balance, I'm not going to even say that they were worse for us than they were for them. They were terrible all around. I just think it happened to be a critical stretch for them to be completely incompetent in. So yeah, yeah it, but, it is what I'm, it is. I'm I'm coming around on the um, on the need to to tone down physical play in college basketball. Um, oh really? Yeah, I've been there. I've been there for ages, my friend. The water is warm. Okay. Uh, Look, the, wait, I want to get in if the water's warm? Yeah, that's what people... Uh, it's a Christian thing. Uh, it's it's <laughs> like when you're being baptized? Yeah, you want I think the it's like evangelical. It's in Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, if you've ever seen that movie. It's uh, like, yeah. come on in, brother. The water is warm. But it is a Christian thing, yeah. Oh, okay. It's a meta- It's a metaphor, but also literal, I guess. I don't know. All right. So... Yeah, I don't get it. Sorry. Well, the point is... <laughs> That I can join you in this opinion. Oh, by the way, um, there was a great article that people should read in the Washington Post by John Feinstein on this very subject. I believe it came out uh, on Friday. Duke alum. John. A Duke alum, and one of his quotes was Coach K. It was about the need... The the lead of the story in the first half is about the need to change the continuation rule in college. Mm, yeah. And Coach K's quote was like, yeah, absolutely they should change it. But then it got into the charge block rule, and uh, there were a lot of coaches. Coach K was one, and I wish I could remember the others. But anyway, they all said that this restricted arc is making it so people can't come under the basket and just get under somebody. But all it's doing is that they're just doing the same exact thing farther out, and it's confusing referees more because now they have to be looking at the floor along with the play to see what goes on. And their solution was like, just make people in the lane play defense. 
don't allow charges in the lane because it becomes this, you know, you have to judge it in the, in the most fleeting moment about, did he get there in time? Was he past the restriction arc? Were his feet set? So wait, Coach K was arguing for no charge calls? Yeah, I think, but I think, also, I know it sounds ironic and Duke haters are always like hammering us on that, but I think what he wants is a prettier, more aesthetic style of play, especially at a time when the NBA when it is would about benefit to... us for having the more talented player. Yeah, 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 right. When he's one of the top two recruiters in the game, uh, far and away, he and Calipari better than anybody else. Yeah, I think like more athleticism and, and like less bullshit physical play would certainly benefit him. Yeah. Shall we, uh, shall we bid adieu to this podcast, my friend? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, what are you going to do? This was a disappointment. Uh, that's my sigh for the night. <laughs> that was a good one. Thanks. Um, I've decided I'm going to have a bit where I incorrectly use the phrase tragedy of the commons in oh, every good. episode. Yeah. So I just want to say, you know, I mean, Let's there are just, yeah. a lot of different things that happen in this game. We've talked about them all. But, you know, when you combine them at all, you just don't know what it is that lost us the game. And to me, that's the tragedy of the commons. So <laughs> that's truly the correct use of that term. <laughs> All right, so we've got uh, Miami up next. Um, Miami can't play defense. We're having him at home Tuesday. That should be fun. It <laughs> should be fun. We should kill them, right? We should. Uh, they played They played tough uh, against Florida State. I, I caught the end of that game uh, when it was it was going into overtime. Uh, Miami had a, had a lead, um, a pretty significant lead late in that game. Uh, they beat Pitt, which is like Pitt actually has played it Pitt's, really well. Yeah. Then they lost by 17 at NC State. Um, they <laughs> appear to be a much better team at home, even though we beat them at home by 33 points. Yeah. Uh, so this is our first repeat opponent. So maybe like it'll be interesting to see if they have have learned anything and can maybe shut us down a little better. But I'm looking forward to a nice, fun bounce back. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, UNC might never win again. <laughs> UNC getting murdered by Pitt. Uh, Virginia now has three losses too. It's a three-horse oh, race. Virginia lost. Virginia uh, has three losses in the ACC. I'm not 100 percent sure. They're currently playing, right? Uh, let's let's uh, let's get a live update. Yeah, live update. Why not? That's the kind of thing people come to us for, right? Um, because it won't be. Ooh, they're live at Georgia Tech, so they've lost to Florida State, Syracuse, and Boston College in rapid succession. They've lost three in a row. They're now playing Georgia Tech, who gave Duke a game, and the score. Is do a drum roll, Aaron. I can't do that. Oh my goodness! It's forty-eight wow. to forty-six in the second half. It's a high-scoring game. Yeah, by Virginia standards, <laughs> they may reach sixty. There's a chance that is uh, John Wooden would not approve. Uh, so wait, do you have to pay for this fight that they've been promoing? No, tonight? I think that's the crazy thing. I think it's on ESPN. I've been. It watching said it, it was ESPN Plus pay per view. Oh, see, they're so, showing the the undercards right now. I don't know if we're gonna get to see. I mean, honestly, it's going to be too late for me. I'm going to bed. Yeah, I don't really do the um, the ultimate fighting, but I respect what what they're doing. Um, I'm watching two women fight now: Mata Ferry and Barber. I, you know, there's a, a whole theory about um, the decline of popularity of of boxing in the 20th century. That was, uh, you know, boxing used to be that in baseball and horse racing, right? Well, but but I think the the reason attributed to to boxing. Uh, <laughs> Actually, that's interesting um, because they were all extremely male-dominated yeah. uh, uh, sports. Um, but but with boxing, the reason given was that people had less of a chance of encountering physical violence in their day-to-day life. 
and therefore related less to, oh, that's interesting. Uh, to the game. And now we get ultimate fighting. And I wonder if it means that people are now experiencing more interpersonal violence uh, yeah, in their day-to-day yeah. life and like, uh, or that this is more just actually gladiatorial and we've become as decadent as, um, uh, you know, Romans of the, of the period of the, the gladiatorial. Or just that like shit with inequality is getting harder now. And then when shit gets hard, the poor people fight, right? Yeah. And, but who's what, I mean, who's watching this? Yeah. Well, I mean, not always poor people. I have many middle-class friends who really enjoy this. Well, here's a question for you, a sociological question while we're here. Um, I've always been slightly mystified by people I know who are like, you know, and I, I don't mean this condescendingly, but are very smart people and who I'm good friends with, but persist into adulthood being fans of either professional wrestling mm. or comic books. Mm. Um, I don't, I just don't get it, really. And uh, what do you think? Why? Why is it like... And it, actually, they seem to be like the Venn diagram of those two things seems to overlap. Interesting. I think there's a third one that I'm not remembering right now, but those two are, for me, like, I just can't see. And I liked both as a kid, but I just can't see still enjoying it. What, uh, what's the deal? What's happening there, Aaron? Well, I don't know. Uh, so I was not a comic book kid. Um, I, I got to be honest. I was not. I'd like read like an Archie once in a while. Like, or Nor was I professional wrestling, but I've I seen... I did like that. I've seen both of these things crop up in... Uh, uh, in the you know the social milieu, yeah, the adult discourse, right? In, in yeah. which I populate, and so I actually like tried to go to a comic book store and and read some comics, and I thought they were entertaining, but frankly, they're they're kind of expensive, and you don't get a lot in each issue, right? So right. I I didn't like that, but I do I did like the pictures and and all that. Um, the professional wrestling, I understand that that the you know character development is very interesting. Um, people take it so like people actually complain about it. I guess it's the same way you might complain about a TV show or or like Saturday Night. But what Live. do you think that that this interest that we have in basketball is? But at least basketball is like, you know, real. I mean, it's not scripted. You know what I mean? Like we're we're watching people who have spent their lives trying to perfect a certain kind of physical art go up against each other. It's wrestling is a performance disguised as sport, which is confusing for me. I'm like, I get like. Liking movies, like right, art. liking movies, liking musicals, <laughs> or liking sports, but the weird, this right. weird combo of them. But obviously, I just don't get it because there's a lot of people who are extremely, extremely into it. Maybe if there's listeners out there, yeah, who tell are us, big... tell us why you like uh, things that Shane has characterized as juvenile. <laughs> <laughs> I knew. Uh, no, I like. I really like horse racing. Um, I can't watch it anymore because it seems to all happen in Qatar or something. Yeah. Um, Come to Sar- uh, Saratoga with me one summer. Uh, but yeah, like I grew up, um, oh no, I'm going to say a personal detail. Uh, I grew up in an area where gambling was legal in the United States. Uh, and there was also a racetrack. Uh, mm-hmm. And my dad used to take me to the track um, uh, a good bit. Yeah. Um, and it was a lovely time. Uh, uh, learned how to, to bet on the horses and, and all that. Um, same same story in my life. My it's friend. a shame that that it's gone away. I understand that it's you know now like everything else, uh, um, you know, really brutal on the on the participants. You've got all these these uh, horse deaths mm-hmm. uh, out in California. I think it was. Yep. Um, and you know, there's <laughs> it just seems like uh, everything's getting worse, right? Yeah. Like like yeah. as things have to get bigger, um, 
uh, more spread out, right? The horses are flying all over the world. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's all Qatari uh, billionaires who own all the shit. Um, it's like uh, we must encrust the horses' hooves in blood diamonds. Right. <laughs> um, it seems like a little much. Um, then again, like I'm not sure there ever was a heyday where like racing was really great. Um, <laughs> there used to be a like, time when it was very ethical. Yeah, when, right, when right they'd exactly. Bring the scrim out and murder the horse on the track if it had like a yeah. ingrown toenail. Yeah, uh, I just I, I'm trying to remember that movie where there it, the scene it ends with a, a bunch of money at, at a at a racetrack. It's an old film noir movie with um, uh, the guy who played General Ripper in uh, uh, in. Was it? Do you uh, think Doctor Strange? The TV show Family Hayden, Mr. Ed. No, was I'm not Mr. thinking of Mr. Was Ed. it Mr. Ed? I'm not thinking of Mr. <laughs> Ed. I'm thinking of one of the beautiful film noirs that I used to watch when um, I uh, I Ooh, did cool was, stuff. Go like keep that. talking. What was his name that you said? What's isn't it Sterling Hayden? Sterling Hayden. All right, keep going. We'll, we'll, oh yeah, yeah. I even know that guy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I know he was in Asphalt Jungle, but I'm, I don't think that's the end of the movie with the, the bag of money that, uh, that flies out. But it's also, that's a, I think that's a movie where they're trying to assassinate a horse interesting. at the track. So yeah, this is probably really interesting for people. No, people are, people uh, are into this. <laughs> uh, Keep going. I, I like old movies a lot. Um, yeah. uh, unfortunately I've watched them all by now. Uh, so, <laughs> um, uh, the killing. Oh, okay. Wow, it's directed by Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, okay. Uh, he's famous. And Peter Bogdanovich, who's also famous. Wow. Um, I don't know what, what Peter Bogdanovich had to do in that movie. The Last Picture Show, very good movie for folks who are looking for yes. an old school, like 70s era. A little bit older than that, maybe. Uh, late 60s, I don't know. Yeah, well, what's his name? Jeff Daniels was in that, right? Yeah, um, that one rules. So now in our old movie, uh, old black and white movie podcast for men... <laughs> Uh, this is what happens when Ariana's not here. Yeah. Uh, so we look forward to to having Ariana back at some point. Yep. Um, uh, don't know if she'll be here uh, to help us after the Miami game, uh, but uh, uh, stay tuned for that. Um, otherwise, I, I think uh, I think we've said all there is to say about this one. If you have listened this long, tweet the words "the killing." Um, to Cameron, oh, Cameron Lazy's an Easter egg. Yeah, a little Easter egg. Tweet just the killing, just the killing to Cameron Lazy's, and uh, we'll shout you out next time. How about that? Yeah, all of our tens of listeners out there. Hey, there's no, a, no. I know we're we're hey, getting, we're folks. Very we're into... growing. Oh, by the way, can we do? <laughs> we keep not finishing. <laughs> oh yeah, but can we do a, a, a country update? Yes, country. Uh, update. And also, I realize you can break it down by. Um, by states, but we have added a couple countries. I will say we still don't have South America or Africa. So, like, even if you know somebody in there who couldn't give and a shit, frankly, my brethren in Israel, give us a. There's listen. nobody, Aaron. That's why we brought shalom, you on. <laughs> shalom, my friends. The way certain people bring like a vice presidential <laughs> candidate from Virginia. I was supposed to bring Israel. Like Tim Kaine delivers Virginia. You'd have not delivered Israel. Yeah. Um, all right, so Singapore, we've added. Good. Um, we have added the country of Hungary. Yeah, I think I'm responsible for that one. Is that you? Yeah. Uh, we already had Italy, I think. I U- don't know if that's me. UK, Netherlands. I, I traveled to Hungary this year. Oh, well. So hey. it's clearly. Yeah. Uh, and we had South Korea already. Now, I want to do a breakdown of states because this is where it gets really impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of you are from North Carolina, unsurprisingly. Also, unsurprisingly, New York is the next biggest one. Mm-hmm. But let's see, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Well, where, 10, are, where are all our Kentucky listeners 11, 12, from the 13, last episode? 14. We have Kentucky. There's I, 14. Enjoy, I enjoyed 15, that. 
1920, Colorado's 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, Where's 7, New Jersey? New Jersey 30, is abysmally low. 38 states in the Union. I don't know which ones we don't have, but that's pretty good. And of Canadian provinces, we have Manitoba and Ontario. And Manitoba Most of our is the overwhelming. Are... <laughs> okay, Manitoba, what the hell is going on out there? It may be Kyle Lasko, the person I called a piece of shit earlier today. I know oh. he's Canadian. Okay. Uh, so anyhow, um, good stuff, everybody. I don't even know where that is. Manitoba. I'm uh, sorry. So we're not going to look up where Manitoba is live on the podcast. Just uh, go enjoy your your evening or your day or whatever you're going to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, tweet the killing. And uh, don't and forget, get, watch it too because it's really good. Don't forget to order your fully, fully catheter. That's um, right. Fully and fully catheters are great, and even if you don't need one now, you never know how this shit is going to be jacked up in the future. Get it with medical equipment. My philosophy is get it, store it. At some point, you're going to need it. I have a CPAP. I have uh, an enema <laughs> machine. anyhow yeah so grab the fully fully catheter tell them the cameron lazy sent you and uh hopefully god willing we don't have to have a new sponsor next time because this is getting we need to ask find one we can stick with